on another exciting edition of Animation Deliberation. We are continuing our coverage of Young Justice Season 4, Young Justice Phantoms, with Episode 11, Teg Yadir, or Get Ready. So stay tuned for that right after some ads. We have no say over whatsoever. I'm ready. (laughs) All right, SpongeBob. When you're at Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Stay near the magic. Book your theme park tickets and get hotel rates from $94 per night plus tax at DisneySpringsHotels.com slash 50. Rates based on availability. Lockout dates may apply. See website for details. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. All right, folks, welcome back to Animation Deliberation, the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. I am your host, Jay Scotty St. Clair, and once again, we have the Animation Deliberation Dream Team here to talk our bread and butter, Young Justice. My co-host, Suhair Ali, what is happening? How are you, my friend? I'm ready! (laughs) Uh, Taking a... Trying to dial my brain down from Spider-Man to come back to the Black Spider content. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trying to to keep all my multiverses in check. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, dude, I'm just on a media high, like, between that movie and this episode. I'm just... I'm gleaming with wonderful content and i'm feeling good and ready to talk about this one rightly so rightly so it's tough not to get distracted by that uh big theatrical release there but i do have to give a shout out to andrew rogers for that wonderful instagram uh post he did with with black spider there i love that so much that was great yeah we are Uh, trying to amp up our social media so if you guys could be so kind as to follow us on animation deliberation on instagram just kind of react with our posts and stuff that'd be greatly appreciated so that we can reach out to some more listeners Mm -hmm. indeed indeed and then uh, i guess on the other side of things that i need to address there if you're ready in your spongebob i don't know if that means i should channel patrick star or squidward i'm not sure which is is better in this instance should i be dumb and enthusiastic or curmudgeonly (laughs) (laughs) nah nah it's uh it's young justice so of course i'm gonna be enthusiastic but i'll try not to be dumb You can, um, can be uh, Sandy, Sandy Cheeks. Oh, yeah, there we go. I could be good old Sandy. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess before we get into the wealth of feedback that we got, which I'm really excited to get into, that's great to see. Um, I did want to pose a question to you. You weren't present when we did Hit Monkey, but Blake and I introduced a little bit of a new segment. So before we get spoilery and whatnot, I will ask you your impressions of this latest episode on a scale up from yeah or just yeah to yeah where do you where do you land on this this latest episode i think you go yeah because we have a lot of character development which we were confused about how not not confused we were uncertain of how much character development these people would be experiencing in this season because the last two seasons were so much about new character new character new character new character and then it seemed like this season was going to be diving into our original gang a little further right so it was interesting that we actually got a spotlight on three new people emphasizing their story a little bit more but still keeping it well balanced to the progression of the story right uh so it was 
it was a lot of intrigue. It still is very much of a setup, which were three episodes into this arc. So it's like, what more are you setting up for? Like, when's the huge shebang going to come up? True. So my my yeah is still like whelmed. A little tempered, a little tempered yeah, on the on the yeah, yeah there. Okay, okay, I like yeah. it. See where we're going. For sure, for sure, and I think that's fitting at where we're at with the season. I mean, we are getting close to the mid-season finale here, and uh, we're starting to get a few answers, but there are still a lot of questions out there. So mm-hmm. I think I'm on the on the same page as you there. Uh, but that being said, before we do get into the nitty gritty, let's hit some of this wonderful feedback that we've got. Do you want to start with the audio feedback that we got from TJ Stafford or the written-in feedback? Where do you want to start? Let's let, uh, let's let TJ do some talking for us. Cool, cool. Hey guys, I thought I'd give my thoughts on the latest episode. First of all, I'm really enjoying how we're having different narrators talking about the stories from the past. In the first episode of this arc, we had the Phantom Stranger dictating the story. And then in the last episode, it was Vandal Savage that was narrating. And in this episode, it was Naboo telling the story. So I'm curious to see in the next episode, which is presumably the last one of this arc, who's going to be narrating and what the story they're going to be telling is. I also mentioned in my last message that I have a feeling that Khalid is going to end up being the new Dr. Fate at the end of this arc, and nothing that I've seen is dissuading me from that conclusion. Just ignoring the fact that in the comics he wore the helmet of fate for a while, and just basing it off what we've seen here, it seems fairly conclusive after this episode making such a big deal about him being a doctor and also having mystic powers. And just the way Zatanna said, you're not a doctor yet, just really seemed to hammer that home for me. Plus, in the last episode, Vandal Savage made a comment to Naboo about having an aging host body. And then we also got to see how Starro ended up on Earth. I know back in Season 1, he is being studied by Atlantis, but we were never really told how he got to Earth in the first place. And it would seem that that was thanks to Clarion, just like everything else that we've learned about in this arc. And finally, I am very, very nervous for Beast Boy at this point. The way they showed all the pills on his nightstand as he was sleeping right there. It makes me think they're going into a very dark place with him, and I'm almost concerned about how dark it's going to get. We've seen this show get dark before, but something about that image sends a real chill up my spine. But anyway, I'm looking forward to hear what you guys have to say, and I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to get my thoughts out. Thanks again. Okay. Thank you, TJ. Uh, definitely some, some good points there. I think, I guess we should kind of start from the top. He brought up the, the mention of kind of the rotating chair of narrators we had, uh, which is a great call out. I think I I hadn't really picked up on it until this episode with, with Nobu being the one to, you know, narrate the proceedings. Uh, what do you think about that? And do you have any strong predictions as far as who will uh, close out the chapters as he, he asked? Yeah, I can't say that I noticed until today either because I think there's a huge distinction on the way that Nobu and Vandal Savage just kind of dictate their voice. There's more like commanding presence and more of a assertion in one than there is in Vandal Savages. Sure. So I'm not sure it really clicked to me until today either. But it is interesting because each of the stories that were narrated was from the perspective of the narrator. So mm-hmm. with 
Phantom Strange doing the first one. We didn't even know who he was at this point. Right. So he's just kind of like setting a foundation for us and something to go off of because we don't know what Vandal Savage inclusion in this is. And he is talking more about Clarion and how he met Vandal. So for the sake of storytelling, it wouldn't make sense for Clarion to have that because he doesn't have that charisma for like narration. Sure. So it it, it was nice that it was an outside perspective. And then that gave us the idea of, you know, comparing him to the watcher and like questioning, like what his purpose here is. So it did set like a good standard of who he was and how he's going to be contributing to the story in regards to Vandal Savage. He, you know, we it, it was more of his perspective on how he worked with Clarion, and why he made the decisions that he did. The perspective mm-hmm. of his son um, telling the story of Atlantis because that was a crucial part of his life. And, you know, obviously, like his interactions with the son and how those tables were turned were a big part of his perspective. You saw a lot in his facial reactions. So to have his voice go with it was really powerful as well. And then finishing sure. it off with Nobu, we saw his life and death, his right, his position in Babylon, uh, how he confronted his father, how he died, how he how he lived his life, basically, like his his mm-hmm. moral grounding and how why that caught the attention of the um oh, lords of chaos, Lord, order lords or lords of order, order lords yeah. yeah uh so how how his life caught their attention so and there was a lot of development with him and his perspective and how he's going to be contributing going forward to i'm really mad at nobu as a person we'll go into that a little bit later but i feel like each one of these narrators have been very perfect to this even though it has been one story the perspective of the story in these narrations hmm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's uh those are all very very solid points and it makes me kind of question in terms of like the question he poses who's going to round out the narration it's almost like i, I really don't know I, do they have much more of a backstory to tell at this at this point in time, it doesn't really feel like there is. We've kind of seen the full partnership between Clarion and uh, Vandal Savage, or um, I can't remember the middle, was it Varjot? Varjot something, but then Marduk, um, you know, his various aliases there. We've seen that kind of full partnership come to fruition, and we've actually now seen Clarion be taken out. So I'm not sure how much more of the past there is to explore, but if we do continue to get a narrator narrating the present stuff i actually kind of think it would be cool if it was zatara as much as like Mm. nobu is one half of dr fate and zatara is the other and he even brought it up in the episode like you think you are the sole champion but every dr fate requires a a able host so it would be kind of cool as like even like the later part of his uh feedback he's suggesting a successor for dr fate it would be kind of cool if uh zatara could kind of like narrate the proceedings as he kind of makes his his exit, but that's just pure speculation. Yeah, I do agree. It would be cool to see Zatara kind of close it out. Uh, as you said that, I, I'm forgetting his first name, but Mr. Nelson, his predecessor. Having Kent, him come, Kent Nelson. Kent Nelson, thank you. Yeah. Uh, if he came back to kind of have like one last hurrah and just kind of welcome, um, welcome Zatara into like the relief of his position mm, and kind yeah, of talk that, about that. Because he showed up like in that lineage but they showed more of like the people we've seen on screen. And if you had a millennia of people, like I was expecting avatar, like where they show like all the avatars, even though they were silhouetted, they kind of mm-hmm. stuck to the ones that we've only seen on screen. So for someone to have like a deeper sense of that perspective would have been nice. Um, so I wouldn't mind 
I, I really like what you're saying about Zatara, but I wouldn't be against seeing uh, Clark Nelson either. Yeah, it would be it'd be very poignant and, and awesome to bring Kent Nelson back, and that kind of makes me think there's a you're, you're good. There's a even the potential to like they showed everybody that has worn the fate of helmet at one point or another, and it'd be a nice opportunity. We've gotten our, to revisit uh, the character of Wally um, a couple of times recently, but I'm always uh, game to have him come back into the proceedings in, in one way or another. So there was a lot of flashbacks in this episode. Definitely, definitely. Um, but that kind of leads perfectly into the next piece of feedback that I already mentioned. He's talking about um, Khalid, Khalid Khalid becoming the next. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's been said for me, but I keep leaning into the Eid part. Khalid. I mean, even with me, it's like even yeah. with my name, it's so simple. But I prefer somebody yeah. just ask over and over yeah. again. To, yeah, yeah. Eh, yeah. Living to learn. Khalid, 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 Khalid. Thank you, thank you. This is an education of J. Scotty Sinclair. It's like a lid, like a like a <laughs> lid on a lid on a bowl, or yeah. I think the fact that they like pointed out the wrong pronunciation has made me almost like lean into that more. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, too much emphasis yeah. on both ends. <laughs> right, right, right. But I'm a hundred percent with TJ. Um, I don't know if I had considered it beforehand, but especially when um, Zatanna had that moment, she's like she called him doc and she was like, not yet. And it almost seemed like she was kind of having an out of body experience where she had tapped into the future and didn't even realize she had done it. Um, I started to question myself a little bit as the episode went on and we got to see the full, you know, backstory and with him actually being in metal medical school and his parents having those aspirations for him. It made me backtrack a little bit, but then I was, I was fully back on board when, you know, no, Nobu and uh, Zatara were, Zatana, excuse me, were having their conversation and she was kind of defending them and you saw him kind of framed in that shield, the gold shield that was, um, you know, showing him in the water and whatnot. I was like, okay, yeah, I feel pretty confident that he will be the next Dr. Fate. Could be. I, don't, I can't say that I even thought about that while I was watching, but uh, yeah, he seemed to be having the most progression, not only with his powers, but kind of like his, his ethical agenda. Mm-hmm. And like why he does what he does. Like, it doesn't seem like he was just it, it, it. Well, first off, it seems like magic has been in his lineage for a while. It's his uncle that was apparently a magic user as well. Right. And then uh, not only with how strong he is in his faith, but his desire to help people, whether it be as a medical doctor or using his superpowers, he seems to have like the right ethical track to use fate's powers for the right reason and actually fulfill the purpose of the um the host the the order lord of orders objective mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm like i said it makes makes a lot of sense to me but i could see it going either way and then i i think the the piece of feedback there that he um addressed that really drives it home is i did not know i don't know anything about khalid um from the comics and the fact that he wore the fata helmet in the comics i think you know seals the deal this show is obviously doing its own thing but it does um reference and take a lot of uh homage from the comics for sure hmm. uh, and then what was the last the last part of his feedback i guess was regarding yeah we just talk about beast boy entirely because i mean yeah. it was it was a very short display of him but a powerful one nonetheless yeah it's uh it's pretty concerning seeing him just kind of continue to go down that downward spiral and like I, I just keep harping on the fact that he was instructed by um, was it Phantom Girl? I, I don't know if we still gotten like official names for those time traveling um, that time traveling 
trio that included Chameleon Boy from the first few episodes, but I think it was Phantom Girl that, you know, posed as McGann and instructed him to, to seek that therapy. But it's a little concerning that he has not followed up on that. And he just kind of seems to be digging himself into a, a hole of depression. And on the other side of the things where we got to see, you know, these three young characters go through their trials of fate and come out on the other side, 13 specifically, I think had some really um, good material there. It's like you get to see the opposite side of the coin with Beast Boy, and it really just is heartbreaking, you know, seeing how plucky and gung-ho he's been throughout throughout the show to just see him in this dark place is, is really tough. With how brave DC has been with the content that they're showing, um, covering social issues and whatnot, mm-hmm. I'm worried that we're going to have a story of him actually being suicidal. Mm-hmm. I see it going in that direction. I'm really concerned about it. I don't know if I'm like emotionally ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, again, you need to, you need to step up. You need to tell baby to speed it up a little bit and get home. Cause, uh, a little worried about this guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes in that, that territory as well. Um, it, it is pretty dark and I, I, again, with you, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for that, but, the show has a pretty wide audience and I appreciate the aspects of the show that have spoken to me specifically. So I'm sure there are people out there that that would, you know, be exactly what they need to hear. So yeah, kudos to the show for tackling those tough issues and continuing to do so in such a, an appropriate and thoughtful manner. So. Is it bad that I didn't notice the pills on the bedside? Cause I was so focused on all the open pizza boxes. I like, <laughs> it's got to smell bad in there. Like you have animal keen smelling too. Like, ugh. that's true. That's true. Yeah. He's just kind of wafting in it, but, was it uh i think it was star girl that was kind of like the most being an <laughs> well she was excited the fact that there was even like a mission on the table and yeah. then he was just like you guys got this covered and it's like you got this covered is that our catchphrase now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she doesn't she doesn't hold back her dialogue at all and poor wonder girls i mean like hats off to her for being able to pick up a leadership position because she was just kind of like you know, the first time we saw her, she was making mistakes and caused trouble here and there. So to see her actually like in that, that bold stance of like, I'm the boss of this team right now is I mean, she wasn't saying much, but you could tell how much she was taking in and how much she was processing because her as a leader is going to have to deal with that on an intense level very soon. Yeah, yeah. And she's rocking that new suit. I did. I did notice she's got a nice uh, new wonder outfit there. Yeah, it's wonderful. Always- <laughs> I see what you did there. I ha, see what you did. Ha, ha. Okay. I think that uh that covers all of Mr. Stafford's feedback, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right. So, let's see this written feedback. We've got a couple of pieces of written feedback both from Gmail. The first of if I'm not mistaken is Chrissy. Yeah. Hello. I'm Christine, but y'all can call me Chrissy. I've been listening for a few weeks now, ever since I started my personal rewatch of Young Justice after finally getting HBO Max. So with that being said, I have a question. With the talk of Raven possibly making an appearance with the magic arc, do you think that with bringing the voice of Starfire back, that there is a possibility that Star might make an appearance as well? Not sure which arc it would be, but I think it would be totally Crash. Then we would have all the original Titans from the show. What are your thoughts? Thank you for all you do and giving me the sanity to get through work. Stay well, my dudes. <laughs> I love that email so much. Yeah, it's it's a great one. And I I 
you 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 and Andrew had um, discussed the possibility of Starfire previously, right? But I don't know if Raven or was it? Do I have that reversed? Did you talk about Raven? Well, the original context, if I'm remembering correctly, was when they had Doom Patrol go. Mm-hmm. All of the Doom Patrol members had the original voice actors from Teen Titans, which right. Garfield is already he already has Beast Boy's voice. In right. season two, it was somebody else, and then they brought him in. Yeah. So it was really nostalgic to, to see the characters in that animation form with those voices. So we've heard all of those voices now. It's just a matter of if they're going to bring in those characters. Uh, with the magic arc, like, we already have the demon of Etragon. So right. Trigon and Raven being something down the road, especially with all this chaos stuff. Like, who's to say that there isn't a rift that kind of brings him in? Mm-hmm. I'd be open to see it, but if they if they did have the agenda of bringing all the Teen Titans back in, which we're only missing Raven and Starfire, I don't see it happening in the same season with how much stuff is going on. That's if fair. in the magic realm or with it being called Phantoms and some other dark stuff happening down the road, I could see Raven coming this season, but sure. there's less of an emphasis on space. And more of an emphasis on magic, which is why Raven is appropriate. And me just hoping to God that the show never ends and stays as wonderful as it is. <laughs> Maybe in a future season, I could see Starfire coming in. But if okay. there is an arc on each of these characters that we have so far, I don't see like where they would open the door to go that far into space to interact with Starfire, if that makes sense. Mm. Okay, okay. And full transparency here, those are characters that I really have no exposure to outside of the little bits of young or not young justice teen Titans that I've seen. So it's got to watch tough. all those DC animated movies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> On the ever growing list. I do want to watch teen Titans go though. And that just looks like a, a blast. Um, that'd be like a nice afternoon session sometime soon. But I, I yeah. agree with you. Just everything from seeing like um, the chaos and um, order Lords represented as diamonds Um, I I think it could go in either direction, but I think it does make more sense. Everything you're talking about with the emphasis on magic and Etrigan already coming back on. Actually, when Etrigan was introduced, uh, I was a little confused there for a second. I thought he might be Trigon. I was like, oh, they're just going to go ahead and bring in um, Raven that quickly. But, uh, you know, I got my names mixed up and thought the same thing. Okay, all right. Well, I think it was when I was reading the feedback or I don't remember what it was. Was it was it the, the name of the episode? Did it have like Rise um, Demon or something in it? Yes, it was it, but obviously backwards. Okay. Yeah. So maybe Demon, like Trigon was the first thing that went to my head. Yeah. Um, actually, reading. we did have a little bit of dialogue of Zatanna telling Blood and Stranger to go find some more help. Maybe Raven actually is around and that's one of the people that they recruit. Yeah, that'd be sweet. To yeah. make it a lot easier than just her popping up because of this and that. It's like, no, I've been around. And yeah. explain her story later. Yeah, but I, I do agree with you that it'd be a lot to like make happen in one season because yeah. the trajectory so far, like it took all the way up into season three to get Cyborg, and mm-hmm. we haven't even seen him. Have we seen him at all this season? Maybe once. Maybe once as a background character. So season two, we got. So season one, we got Dick. Season uh-huh. two, we got Beast Boy. Season three, we got Cyborg. Four, we could get Raven, and five could be Starfire. Yeah, I, I think we saw um, Cyborg at the beginning of the season right after the boom tube um, from Mars to Earth exploded because they wanted to know what happened to John. And then he was right because like, yeah. it was like Cyborg boom tube me in and he was like, I, I don't have a picture of Mars to 
get to. Right, 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 right. Okay, so. yeah, so we have seen him a little bit. Yeah. So he's had more dialogue than Dick this season so far. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think Dick or Calder have talked at all. It was just the end credit scene where they were looking at the memorial. Yeah. I feel like Calder, oh. Calder might have had a line or two, but I, yeah, I don't think we've had um, Dick Grayson say a, a single word yet, which is surprising to not have heard Jesse McCartney's uh, dulcet tones. Yeah, that's far into a season of Young Justice. <laughs> I was like, say it for me. I know you're thinking yeah. it. Yeah, and then I wanted to. You were bringing up uh, Beast Boys um, voice actor. I know that's Greg. I don't know if it's Sipes or Kipes, but it's C I P E S. Um, he is the one. There's no hope. Okay, but he was the guy that voiced him in <laughs> Teen Titans that they they brought back. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it was because I was actually like reading the names on the credits today, but like something possessed me for the first time in my life to look up the the voice actress for Zatanna, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I, I don't know what she looks like off the top of my head but i'll, I'll gorgeous I'll, i believe it i believe it <laughs> um no the whole like sipes versus kipes thing the only reason i have so much hesitation there is because um killian murphy the actor killian murphy for whatever reason i read his name many many times before i ever heard it said out loud so i was under the impression it was cillian cillian mm. murphy so i went years and years thinking of this man as cillian murphy and i honestly still have a hard time i have to kind of like stop and be like no it's Killian Murphy, but that's neither I, here nor there. That can make you feel better about that. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday. The first time that I did a presentation on uh, Ansel Adams, I mm. had never heard of Yosemite before. Oh, okay. and I I did my whole presentation calling it Yosemite. Ah, <laughs> and the teacher actually stopped me in the middle. She's like, "Are you trying to say Yosemite?" <laughs> I was like, "Is that how it's pronounced?" That's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well. At the end of the day, all words are made up. So True. I didn't pull the immigrant card on that one. I was just kind of like, yeah, I feel stupid. <laughs> eh, no biggie. No biggie. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think that addresses Chrissy's feedback. Sorry, we don't have any more. Uh, or I should say, sorry, I don't have much more speculation as far as that goes. But we do thank you for the feedback. Continue to send it in and stay whelmed yourself. And we've got one more piece here, right? Yes, we have Jim Brady. Hey, Jay Scotty and Zuhair. I would have called in, but I couldn't remember the cast phone number. Um, Just record a voice memo on your phone or device and just email it to animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we don't actually have a dedicated line for the podcast set up, but maybe somewhere down the road we can make uh, it The quality is so much better on a voice memo being sent in than the call line anyway. So No, that's true. All right, scratch that. <laughs> we want to hear you pristinely. Yes. Yes. Is that a word? Let's go with the word. Let's finish. Christine Lee is a word. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Long time first time. I think I've been listening since the beginning of your Young Justice coverage, and I've been on MCU cast for years. Anyhow, I'm writing about a tweet I sent you guys a few weeks ago about how the first letter of every episode of season three spells prepare the anti-life equation. I was wondering y'all's speculation on what this season's cryptic message will be. With episode 10 just premiering, so far we have Invitation. Let me know what you guys think, Jim. Okay, okay. Yeah, so thank you, Jim. Uh, I do recall you sending that feedback on Twitter, and that's totally on me. I I dropped the ball. This is um, my first podcast, and obviously trying to get the Instagram, the Facebook, and the Twitter all going. Um, some things fall through the crack there, but I do appreciate you interacting with us on Twitter. And that was a, a great call out. I wish I would have um, brought it up during our coverage of season three, but yeah, really good stuff there. 
as much as, as we love as... feedback on the sh- on like the content, give us feedback like us as podcast hosts as well. If there's anything that we can do that can make your listening experience or interaction experience better, we're all for of course, it. of course, yeah. So I will do a better job of checking the Twitter. <laughs> um, other than that, though, as far as his um, call out here of the first letter of every episode, giving us a, a big message to look forward to. So we've got invitations so far, and I wanted to see what the next few episodes added on because he sent that um, last week. So now we've got why we can add why on top of that as well. And then the episode titles for the next three are out as well. Okay. If you don't want to know the whole name, I won't say it, but the letters are T O and K. So Y T O and K. Wait, where do you see Y? Wasn't that this, this episode or it's tag. Oh, tag. Sorry. Uh, T. Okay. Tag. You you dare. You dare. Oh, see, I was taking the ready. I was reading it completely backwards. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I was starting from ready and going all the way backwards instead of taking the first word. And yeah. Anyway. So that means um, that this arc actually could be more than four episodes. So did episode nine start this one? So nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13 all have backward titles. Mm-hmm. Cool. So my girl gets five episodes. Right on, right on. So in, in terms of his theory here or um, his proposition here i don't know if we're supposed to take the title as it was given in backwards format or if we're supposed to take it um and invert it and then take the first letter that way no i think it's supposed to be the first because it's invitation to okay and then k invitation to kill how many more episodes how many episodes was this supposed to be 26 yes i believe so 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 less than halfway through invitation to Krypton. Krypton. Uh, we have we have thirteen more letters. <laughs> That's a lot to speculate on. Thirteen more. Okay. <laughs> so invitation to kill your. Hmm. Well, not even be kill. <laughs> I'm just kind of stuck <laughs> on that one for some reason. Um. What other? What other verbs start with like K? Invitation to keep, keep. Um... Yeah, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, had yeah. a couple letters for you, whether you wanted to know them or not. But <laughs> <laughs> with thirteen letters left, like that's that's one hell of a hangman game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Invitation to that is fascinating that they're keeping up with that trend, though. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It's it's great for eagle-eyed fans. Um, like Jim. So I'd love to hear what uh, Jim's theories are there, but I, I'm going to stick that. I'm pretty confident that the next verb is either keep or kill. That's, that's okay. all I really got though. So. All right. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. And my okay. stretch is Krypton apparently. It could be Krypton. I mean, we still, we do have those little fragments of a uh, kryptonite that were used in the bomb that took out Connor. Mm. Then. So the last one was what? The anti-life equation? Prepare the anti-life equation. Prepare the anti-life equation. One, two, so three, four, invitation five, six, to... 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Uh, 
there's the the lost city of Candor. I don't think that starts with a K. I want to say that starts with a C, and that's where Supergirl comes from. That was a Kryptonian city that was basically... Um, oh, we haven't seen her yet either. That's what I was thinking. With everything going on with like the Legion of Superheroes um, and the fact that Connor's gone... God, I would well, feel like such a replacement. Yeah, but there's still the the fact that we haven't seen a body... So that's why I keep saying he's gone. If they really wanted to, the little bit I know about the Legion of Superheroes, Supergirl and Superboy are like founding members of that. So Um, I don't know. Chrissy has me focused on Raven now. I'd rather see (laughs) her pop up and like deal with the loss of Connor and the introduction of Kara. Yeah. Well, and then we've got that. Kara, wow. Yeah. Invitation to. Well. We had Outsiders last season and then Phantoms this season. I'm trying to think, like, I thought I knew what Outsiders meant last season, but I was completely oblivious to the fact that there was a whole group called uh, the Outsiders. But I don't think there is a a group called Phantoms or anything like that. So just, yeah, it's pretty crazy to be at this point in the season, just like really (laughs) have no clue where it's going in a lot of ways. So we got we got two more episodes till our midseason break. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, I think that uh, covers about all the feedback there, unless you had anything else you wanted to say about any of those points that were brought up. Nope. I'm excited to find out everything with you guys. Woohoo. Woohoo. All right. And this was a, a pretty feedback heavy episode, which is really nice. I was excited to get that. But I almost feel like um, with our discussion of TJ's feedback, we've kind of almost covered the episode for the most part. So. I'd say we're like. Yeah, I mean, we've finished up on Beast Boy. Is there anything you wanted to say about the background stories? No, just in terms of like the yeah, the best part of the episode for me was definitely the three um, trials of fate for our our students went, and they actually kind of went in the order that we were presented for me. I really found myself buying into everything that was going on with Tracy. The whole puppet show, it looked like something out of like Five Nights at Freddy's with like mm-hmm. Blue Beetle and Zatanna all being represented by these super creepy puppets. And I mean, I kind of knew from the beginning it was it was kind of obvious that she was the puppeteer herself and it was her own insecurities. But it was it was really nice to um, that's something I, I struggle with is on myself. You can kind of like hear that that voice in the back of your head telling you all the negative things. And it was just really awesome to see her say like, I deal with these every single day. This is nothing for me. Like yeah. I am, I'm ready. That was just really powerful for me. And then obviously I loved all of the stuff with uh, Alid. Um, but I was, I was really excited to hear like your take on that, especially like we kind of talked about the introduction of Islam with yeah. um, Violet in the, in the previous episodes and stuff like that. But I just thought this was me being a little more ignorant as, as far as that stuff goes. I just, I thought it was really refreshing to hear someone be like, look, I can take my faith and my belief in science and my belief in magic and mm-hmm. incorporate all three to be, you know, um, the hero that I want to be. So, Yeah, we talked about the inclusion of Islam was the only one that felt forced out of the social issues that they've covered so much mm-hmm. uh, with Gabrielle just kind of like randomly bringing it out of the blue and we haven't even seen her character. It was just an end credit thing. Right. So I kind of, when that scene started, I kind of stuck with that mentality of like, 
okay, are they forcing this in here or is there an actual like progression? Is there an actual like involvement to this character? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> oh my God, when the parents started talking, that was so relatable. <laughs> I'm sure. Ah, <laughs> that was such a cultural thing of like the way that the dad was saying, it's like nothing else matters except your faith. And then the mom was like, you have to focus just on your studies and just on being a doctor. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so relatable. Cause one of the, one of the key conversations in Islam is the balance of din and dunya, your spiritual world and your worldly world. Your, Mm. uh, God, what's the word I'm thinking of right now? Spiritual secular, I don't know. Secular, that's the word. Yeah. So your okay. spiritual life and your secular life, having the balance okay. between that. So that was represented through the way that his parents were talking to him. One mm-hmm. focused solely on the din part and one solely on the dunya part. Mm. And then not only was that, but he was like confronting like his own ethics and his own moral of like knowing that this is the route that he's supposed to take to be a better human, but like he wants to take the risk. He wants to he wants to actually follow his calling knowing that it may not work out for him because Atana's even emphasizing like you're probably going to die by taking on this mission so I want to make sure that you're ready so not only is the din pulling him the dunya pulling him his like yin and yang is conflicting with each other too and like all that stuff is so beautiful and the, the there was a lot of symbolism for me of like the drowning wasn't necessarily him suffocating but it was him finding the peace and solitude to get his thoughts together. Because uh, there was a lot of like practice in that with meditation where they just like cut off the lights and everything in the prayer hall. And it's 10 minutes of you just focus on one word, one prayer, and just recite that over and over and over and mm-hmm. over again. That's your meditation. So in right. this one, it was Ashadun la ilaha illallah, Ashadun Muhammad Rasulullah, which means like there is no God, there's no deity but God. And there was no messenger except for the prophet Muhammad. Uh, Hmm. So that was what he was reciting over and over again. So he got his focus from that. He got his balance from that. And then once he was ready, once he was, once he got what he needed from that meditation state, he was able to come out and not only find the balance between himself, but bring that din and dunya together, which was stunning. Just so well done. That's the inclusion that I wanted to see from that religion. Awesome. Awesome. Those are, are great points that you bring up. And I really like what you bring up about the water, not necessarily suffocating him, but allowing him to, it kind of reminds me of the, the Bruce Lee quote, just like be water. Water can either be a force of chaos or it's, it's fitting with chaos and order kind of being yeah. the focal point of this art. Water is capable of both. It depends on how you use it. And he's talking about this tool that was a, a created by the same creator that created him. It's a tool that he has at his arsenal and just everything about that scene. I'm kind of getting chills again, just like thinking about it, but the way the, the prayers were like vocalized and they weren't even in the, the subtitles that I, um, that I had on. It wasn't until he started to join in that you got those, those subtitles, but it was just everything mm. about it. The visuals, the audio was, was made a beautiful, cohesive hold in a very, very uh, transformative and, and poignant moment. So um, I really appreciate your, your insights as far as that goes. Yeah, I felt so recognized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, don't get me wrong, I like the stuff with Mary too. I thought we got um, a lot of good insights. Oh, into really her, powerful stuff. Yeah, into her character. I just didn't think anything, any parts of that were as strong in terms of like the visual metaphors that we got. Like I thought Tracy's stuff was really good with the mm-hmm. the puppetry and just everything we talked about with Khalid there. Yeah, I, I like 
Mary's stuff. And, but the biggest takeaway for me was not the visual display there. It was what we learned from her interactions with Billy Batson specifically about how it kind of reminded me of the stories you hear about with like steroids and stuff like that with athletes where, um, you know, they tap into this other source of power, but it, it becomes a little bit too much and they don't feel adequate without it. That's why she kind of had to like quit cold turkey. And it was just great to get the the insight there why she was in the, the headspace that she was. Yeah, there was a lot of um, reliance and self-doubt and like who you are without those outside uh, supports, which I think was mm-hmm. a common trend between all three of them. Sure. It was a lot of self-doubt, uh, a lot of denial, a lot of not believing in yourself. And mm-hmm. yeah, she got she got carried away with her power, so she was only using like the the specific ones that she needed. And I I had totally forgotten like in the Shazam movie how there actually were like multiple Shazams, right? And multiple people who were capable of using that powder powder. Wow, power. Uh, uh, so that that slipped my mind a little bit. So that was a nice like affirmation of like not only one person has that ability, it is able to be like passed on between people. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing how billy reacted to it and how she reacted to it like she got power hungry and i think i think her character was the most that i was curious about before these trials because it was so mysterious of like why she couldn't say the word and the way that like her younger self was just pushing her to like do it uh so it's like she peer pressured herself into making the wrong decision but Mm. if she has that confidence now and that ability like i hope it doesn't backfire in the future i hope that this actually was like an awakening for her even though we've only like had her for like two episodes mm-hmm. um but uh yeah it didn't have the same visual appeal but the message i think was just as powerful as the other two. yeah no i i, I agree yeah yeah and it was just uh it was great to see them all as kind of like zatanna was watching and you could tell she had her moments with like are they going to be able to make it out on the mm-hmm. other side of this but then sure enough they all do and then she kind of has that moment with Dr. Fate, or just like, there's a specific reason I chose every single one of them and they are ready and they've proven that to you now. So let's, let's make this fight happen. And then I, you, you talked about your frustrations with Nobu. I can, I, I can imagine that they start here, but what do you got? What do you got? Oh, she didn't even call them her students. They're her sentinels. Ah, ah, good catch. She, she elevated them before the call of action even came up. Nice, nice. Good catch there. Yeah. Because then, that was yeah. the whole thing was that she wanted her and Fate to handle the Chaos Lords while they like kept everything in check. So they really were like the Sentinels and the Overwatch and keeping the order for lack of a better phrase. Right, right. But then, yeah, Nobu um, continues to be the douche canoe that he's been lately. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, yeah, if two Chaos Lords are fighting, like everything we, the whole backstory that, that we've shared here about, you know, the Chaos Lords versus the Order Lords, like, yeah, if, if two Chaos Lords are fighting, it is, it only stands to reason that Order's not going to get involved until one of them is as weak in the other. And then uh, he gets to eat those words really quickly because I was absolutely stunned. I think I was as stunned as Clarion himself was um, by how quickly he and Tikal were, were taken out. Yeah. What was, what was child's words? Like you made that sound like a lot more difficult than it was. <laughs> and yeah. Just like her, her directness with such an adorable voice. It's just, 
gives me heebie-jeebies. Yeah. She makes yeah. me so uncomfortable, especially with that freaky smile on Flaw right next to her. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and when he just, not to get like too graphic with her or anything like that, but when he grabbed Tickle's head and you just hear that snap and everyone, you first you see Clarion's face, but then it, it flashes to everybody in the Fata Tower and everybody knows like, oh, even fate size. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh. like, uh, Might have made a mistake by letting the Chaos Lords fight it out because that wasn't much of a fight. <laughs> yeah, that that dial just to start off like my list of irritation with fate. And it's not even because like I I hate it at all. It's like it's sure. just such good writing. Like, yeah. thank you, DC, for doing such a good job writing these characters that I care to this extent. But like your job is order. You are taking over this human's body to protect people, and your logic is you're just going to let other people die and Earth get destroyed <laughs> in an yeah. effort of letting these two Chaos Lords go at it? Like, no! That defeats the whole purpose! You're supposed to stop both of them from the get-go! Yeah. Yeah. Nobu's got some learning to do, even if he is... Yeah. A couple millennia years old, you think you pick up a thing times. or two. Yeah, right? Yeah. But... Hopefully, uh, he realizes that the threat is uh, much more significant than he than he thought. It seems that way. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, they do assemble a uh, a squad that can can tackle this, this very very scary threatened child. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe we'll have Raven Raven join that that fray. Hopefully. We'll have to see. Maybe Constantine could pop up. Ooh, I know they're sticking with the younger cool. crew, but that would be cool to see him a little bit. Yeah, I'd totally be down for that. Um, but was this the first time that we saw Floating Helmet Fate talk to a host since season one? Ooh, since season one, that could be. I think you're right. Yeah, that was that was very beautiful dialogue of <laughs> Zatara hasn't had the opportunity to be the father to his daughter. So he has to, like, give the father lecture to Nobu. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and I'm I'm glad you bring that up too because that was one of the biggest surprises for the season for me as well. Um, that Zatara is a man of of faith and mm-hmm. specifically Christianity, and the fact that he actually delivered the Lord's Prayer there. Um, I was and you got pretty... to hear it in English and Italian. Like that was a beautiful touch. Yeah, yeah, that was super cool. And I'm assuming got... that was Italian. It could be Latin. If I'm wrong, correct me, forgive me. Uh, but the fact that there was inclusion of a different language was beautiful. It probably was Latin, but I'd, I've only watched it the once. So yeah, yeah. same. But, yeah. Other than that, I did notice. So we talked about thirteen. Um, has she always had that like pet on her shoulder? I don't know if it's like a frog or a gecko or what. I think this season was the first time we've seen it. Okay, okay. Because I I did a little bit of research to find out in the comics it's an iguana named mm-hmm. Leroy, but that's clearly like much smaller than an iguana unless it's like a baby iguana. Oh, boy. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, amphibians and reptiles and whatnot. Maybe not as much as a friend of the show, Blake Guyonvelt, but <laughs> little creatures like that always catch my eye. So I mean, she hasn't you, dressed him up yet, so she can't be that big of a fan. <laughs> no hat yet. We don't have a hat for him. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I've got is this school bus that has been like a recurring gag and like it just went balls to the wall. Now it's been flying through space the last few episodes. And now it seems to be like traversing the multiverse. So it has become 
the magic school bus and i can't even remember where it like factored in originally at this point dang it i was hoping you knew because i was like i'm just gonna i'm gonna wait till j scotty brings it up because i don't remember where it started i was like this is a lot of yelling like something else gonna happen right now yeah um i wish i knew but i, I kind of wonder where they're going with it at this point they like it's been since season one and then i don't think we saw it in season two but then season three it popped season up a couple one? of times it was early in season one. I, I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, it's probably on oh the God. Young Justice Wiki, though. There's like YouTube videos and Reddit threads just called a Young Justice Magic Bus Theory. <laughs> well, it's not cruising on down Main Street anymore. I can say that much. Oh, it's a video. There's nothing for me to read. No. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out on that bus. If uh, our listeners have some good bus theories... Let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, like send us the theories before you actually look into it. I just want to see. Let's let's see. It. Let's call our shots. I just I don't know what it's about. I don't even remember seeing it before. I thought it was the most. I was like, did something happen where like a bus went through a portal or something? Am I? I, I noticed. Yeah, I noticed it a couple times in the past. I remember like seeing it like flying through the sky earlier on and wondering what was going on there. But it's just like a real fleeting thought. It wasn't until when it started showing up again in season three, that it really started to stick out to me, but not enough for me to bring it up until this point, obviously. Did so. you see like the driver's seat? Like there was a lot of big displays like in a dash uh, in front of him. That's what I was Oh like, no, I, I didn't pick up on that aspect of it. School bus. Like what's okay. up with all those monitors? Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. So I was I looking wonder. around, like trying to find some indication of what was going on. I was like, this normal bus. I don't know. I do not know, but uh, I will be excited to, 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 to see where they go with it. <laughs> stuck in a rabbit hole. Yep. Uh, uh, before I get stuck in my rabbit hole, what was the the three words that they emphasized? Was it family, faith, and mentor? Yes. Of like the three things that you kind of need in life that that get you by in your most difficult moments. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was that was a beautiful thing. It actually did kind of give me like a moment to reflect of like. You know, the people who have influenced me to get me where I am. Uh, you know, they say family, but, you know, just like you and the other pandas that I've grown to be very close with this year, yeah, um, yeah. you know, you choose your own family. So um, and then I already had my own monologue about faith. So you can go back a few minutes if you want to hear that again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was it was a really important thing for them to just kind of emphasize, like you are capable of doing things on your own. You are like in charge of your own fate, your own destiny and like how you present yourself to the world. But you do need to find these things to help like influence and mold that person. So you can be just the best version of yourself. Of course, of course. And that's what we're all striving to do. We're all striving to be superheroes and be as crash as possible. So yeah, found family is, is huge and uh, it still fits that, um, alliteration there with the with the f's so yeah said it said it much better than i could have so yeah what a good episode yeah it was super solid super solid i'm really impressed with the seasons season four thus far i mean i've liked all of the seasons but admittedly i think um the collective opinion is that season three i don't i'm trying to think of the right way of saying it it just it went kind of a weird direction in terms of like focusing on new characters so much that we found ourselves missing the old characters. But I don't know with an episode like this, it's tough not to just fall in love with these new characters like instantly. Yeah. It is one of those things where it's like, 
it took what six seven years for them to just revive the show Mm. so it's not like they even had any momentum they were going off of it was like we got canceled on cartoon network okay now there's this new streaming service which surprise we're in the world of streaming now and then them having to reconvene and get everything back together on that point like it's it's a it's a lot that that really was a tall order and they did as good as they did and then covid held them back for this one true uh so really just hats off to the writers and their ability to still provide such impeccable storytelling with they have so many handicaps on them yeah yeah this is basically like cement in their shoes and they're trying to like walk this path of storytelling and it's very difficult and they're doing a fantastic job and we we applauded how smooth and beautiful the action sequences have been in this season but they're also mirroring what i love about the disney plus marvel series is that there's just impeccable dialogue like those Mm -hmm. conversations that really make you think about like morality and ethics and things of that sort and the the dialogue alone is just something that's really fun to keep up with yeah i mean the action every week is is great but i don't know if it would be the show that continues to keep chugging along and overcoming all the obstacles that you described if it didn't have that heart and that gripping subject matter too so aside from the next snap we didn't even have any action this episode yeah, it wasn't actual action. We got like the montages when Nobu was giving the the backstory of stuff like that, which I, I, we haven't really highlighted enough. Like, I do appreciate just the level of detail that you get on those still images that kind of uh, mm-hmm. just the camera pans over. And the one that stuck out to me in this episode was um, was it? It was before they showed the sinking of Atlantis when they were just kind of showing the sacking of of a village and what the Chaos Lords were capable of, and everything was kind of done with a red overtone. I just love mm-hmm. those opportunities where they can go, okay, let's get away from the realism for a second. Not that it's the most realistic, but it's obviously trying to be in a grounded reality. It's like, let's just embrace a completely different artistic style and, you know, lean into the animated format there. So it really does feel like you're laying in bed and your parent is next to you, like holding the book open and like mm. reading the story as they turn the pages. Cause yeah, you yeah. can't read the words. So you're just yeah. focused on the images and like how it's presented. Like, Really nice. Great, com- it's great comparison. Rhyme type. Great, great comparison. Love it. Love it. Okay, I think that is everything I have to say about this week's episode. It's been a, a pleasure and look forward to next week. Anything else you got? Um, Demon Slayer Entertainment District has finally started. Mm. Its first two episodes. Yeah. Set a really good foundation. So... We're going to give you the weekly coverage of Young Justice. We got two more episodes until they go on their mid-season break. And then we're, that's that's going to be our weekly coverage because, ooh, is it good? Yeah, I can't wait to get back into that. I just When you told me that they'd moved on from the Mugen Train arc and then the new stuff, I was like, okay, time to start my rewatch. And, uh, yeah, the first episode was almost an hour, too. Ooh, nice. So it nice. really was a good like foundation setting of, um, of what to expect from this arc. And then they just shot straight into it certainly certainly yeah um with that in mind i guess the only other thing i'll kind of tease there is we talked a little bit about no way home being out in theaters now i have not had a chance to see it yet but once i have there is the trailer for across the spider-verse part one that i know we've kind of talked about uh doing our reaction to but i think it would make more sense now that no way home is out maybe we can kind of speculate a little bit more and have more informed um I guess theories and, and 
decisions there um, with the context of that movie. But uh, yeah, we kind of discussed maybe bringing in Blake, who I've mentioned a couple of times already. He joined me for Hitmonkey and he is a resident uh, Spider-Man fanatic. So yeah, definitely excited for that one. And sooner or sooner rather than later, we'll just have to tackle that first uh, Spider-Verse movie just for the, the hell of it. Yeah, I don't need any excuse to watch it again. Yeah, nor do I, nor do I. Alrighty. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Continue to do so. That's it for me. And as always, stay whelmed. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Strandependent Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Strandapanda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. When you're at Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Stay near the magic. Book your theme park tickets and get hotel rates from $94 per night plus tax at DisneySpringsHotels.com slash 50. Rates based on availability. Lockout dates may apply. See website for details. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things. With a program that complements your regular recycling. Cause plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance of what hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the line's being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.